Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, everybody. It's Matt Johnson. We are back with another edition of the Team Building Podcast. This is the operations manager edition of this particular podcast. So each month, uh, we and our, our operations manager for both our flagship office and our expansion teams, Kevin McGowan, we get together with an operations manager or director from one of the other top teams around the country, and we talk about what their job duties and what their specific challenges are, some of the things that they've learned over the last couple of years of being in that position, including how to work with the team leader uh, and how to uh, to execute some of the things, that the projects that are they're installing and just managing all the day-to-day operations of a, of a top-flight real estate team. So we've got a great guest today, but let me first welcome the uh, the co-host for this uh, for this particular episode, Kevin McGowan. Kevin, what's up? Hey, how's it going, Matt? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So we're excited today. So uh, we've got, we were talking yesterday at our management meeting. We've got three teams around the country. We're getting them started on Boomtown. We've got San Diego, Salt Lake, and Boston. And so you've got, you know, six to eight months of experience with starting people that have never been on Boomtown, on Boomtown all over again, because the flagship office has been on Boomtown for what, four years, three years? Uh, let's see, actually just about five now. It'll be five this fall. It's about five. Very cool. Yeah. Yep. And we don't want to make this about Boomtown, but we're going to start off by talking about the shift from like really any CRM over to another and some of the specific challenges. Uh, our special guest uh, has, is going through that experience right now and moving thousands of leads over from one system over to another, which is a huge challenge. I mean, everybody's gone through it or will go through it at some point if you run a real estate team because the technology is changing you know, every four to five years. So, uh, so let's bring in our special guest, Sahara Embry. How's it going? Good. Hey, everyone. So, Sahara, give us a, a quick um, little background on, on who you are and, uh, and the team that you work for and what's kind of your main responsibility with them. Okay, sure. So, um, I started real estate two years ago and I've been a buyer's agent and I really wanted to get onto the business side of things and help grow a team rather than being on the sales side. So then I met George Philbeck and Jackie Sosa and they, they have a great team and they had a position open for operations manager. So three months ago I joined that position and my job at first also included transactions, now it doesn't. So now it's more about the building side of things and just kind of helping to manage. So um, I'm just helping put systems into place and helping build and so my responsibilities are kind of all over the place. But my biggest one would be focusing on one project each week. So last week was Boomtown. Okay. Yeah, and you have expo- uh, exposure with Boomtown because that's what you use. You've been on a team before, so this is not your first rodeo, essentially. Uh, so you're in this position, which is new, but you're, you're not new to Boomtown or anything, right? Exactly. Not okay. at all. So what, so take me through the process a little bit. We'll, we'll dive into some other things later, but let's start with the conversation of just how you guys are shifting and some of the, the lessons that you've learned. So you guys were, like, fill me in on what you guys were coming over from and how long they've been on that system and why you guys decided to go with, with a new system. So uh, they were on follow-up boss before, so I think they have a 8,000 old leads in there. Um, we switched over. When I first joined the team, uh, I told my boss, George Philbeck, about Boomtown. The thing I liked more about Boomtown rather than follow-up boss was the lead generation was just better. So follow-up boss didn't really focus on lead generation. It was more for just holding your leads. 
So Boomtown's the better technology as far as getting more leads to actually come in with pay-per-click and just the way it organizes everything. It's just a better technology. So then we decided to go to Boomtown. Um, the process of getting the 8,000 leads, what was best for us was just to take one agent at a time and have each agent really go and clean out. And so what the agents did was they took like maybe 100 really, really good leads and transferred those into their agent account on Boomtown. And the rest of the leads just all went into one big pool into Boomtown for agents to go in and kind of prospect in. Yeah. Maybe some leads that weren't going to be ready for a year or more. So we just took all of the, I guess, okay leads and put them in that pool and then all of the qualified ones and put them in each agent account. That was what worked best for us. Nice. I like it. So, Kevin, what's what's your experience with our expansion teams? Like, they're they're on who knows what, <laughs> and uh, and you're adding Boomtown. They're they're not necessarily migrating, as as I understand it. It's it's almost like it's um, in addition to, and maybe they have the option to transfer over. So, what are you guys seeing? Yeah, I mean, one of our teams, our Salt Lake team, had a pretty decent database before we even started with them. Um, our other two markets, San Diego and and Boston, uh, really didn't. So it was kind of more of a fresh start with them. Um, a lot of pay-per-click, Craigslist advertising, and so on and so forth. Um, and so then with our with our Salt Lake team, um, it was pretty similar. It they didn't. It wasn't quite 8,000 leads. So um, like Sahara, I I think that's a great idea in terms of you know just kind of narrowing down, dispersing a few so that you can focus and convert at a higher level, um, and then having a team pot. And that's actually what we even do here with our Omaha team as well, um, with kind of just like a, a team account where where agents can go in and and, and prospect, and it's open to anyone. Um, but in terms of our expansion teams, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of it has just really been building uh, their databases over the last, you know, several months, um, eight or nine months that we're into it now. Um, and then with our, like I said, with our Salt Lake team, they have migrated most all of their leads over into Boomtown just to kind of keep it focused and have everything in one CRM. So. Yeah, and, and I know, Kevin, you've got like a whole, you've put together a whole training for Boomtown. Are, are the expansion teams, like, are they required to go through that before or in conjunction with, like, switching over to Boomtown so they understand all the ins yeah. and outs? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I recorded, I broke down uh, Boomtown training into a bunch of different video segments. Um, and that's been really helpful. I, I used to just kind of sit down with individual agents and we would literally just hash things out for four hours straight and I think that just kind of became a little bit cumbersome. Um, so recording those... <laughs> that's <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I to spend them back into Boomtown. It's, it's definitely information overload and, and I knew that going into it. It's just more of like, I just want to show you these things so that when it actually comes time for you to be working leads within this CRM, you at least know the basics of what you're doing. But, um, you know, I wish I would have done it a long time ago recording these, these different video trainings. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, so uh, what kind of how we've done it and uh, what we've done with our expansion teams is there's typically about a 30-day period where we're ramping up, as in uh, Boomtown is building out the website. They're gathering more information on the pay-per-click adver uh, advertising that they want to do, targeting areas, things like that. We've come to find that that's a really good time to do a lot of uh, Boomtown training um, because usually the CRM portion... Uh, the back end of it will come out before the public end of the website. So they'll have access to what uh, what Boomtown will look like for them. And oh, okay. it's, it's during that phase that we're doing a whole lot of training on that, going through those video segments, coming back, answering questions that they might have on it. And then when the public site launches, then they have all the training that they need um, for the back end of it to convert the leads at the highest level possible. So, okay. Sarah, is that kind of what you guys did with yours? I know you just launched a week ago. Uh, kind of. So I... I feel like the agents probably had a lot of questions for me because they've never done any type of lead generation or used a system like that before because I have 
two new agents and then one that never did anything like that. So what I did was when you sign up for Boomtown, they send you two videos at first and they're an hour and a half long each. So I had them watch that. Once they did, I myself um, used join.me and had everyone join it and watch my screen, did a video conference with everyone and had them watch me add new leads, go through the system, and then ask me any questions and do kind of everything there with everyone. So everyone can kind of feed off of each other, ask questions, and go through it. So that's what I did. Gotcha. Any any hiccups or, or things like that with, with the launch of Boomtown? I mean, really, so far not. I mean, really, it was just training. I mean, the only questions agents have had for me is like, what drip plan am I going to put them on? How would I stop the drip plan? Just really small stuff. Um, but so far, no. It really, it's just our two newer agents are like, am I converting at a high rate? Like, what should I be doing? So it comes more down to the conversion rather than using the system. Did you guys track any of that stuff so with you being in follow-up boss? Do you have an idea of how to tell your agents, like, hey, don't worry about it. Those leads aren't going to convert for 150 days. Like, Did you guys have any numbers on that stuff before now? Just numbers from me being an agent, from me doing research. Um, so the team I'm on now, they really were listing focused until I joined three months ago, and now it's also buyer's agent focused. So we didn't have previous numbers from the team itself, but what I had told them, I found that with an internet lead, it can take six months to a year before you really start seeing it and seeing results from the system. I mean, oh, sorry. Back to what I was saying. Um, gotta talk with your hands more. <laughs> yeah, you just gotta go like this every now and then. Exactly. Um, so it was really just about, for me, for two years I found that, and I also read from other agents that it can take six months to a year before you really see awesome results, other than you have some right nows from registering. Yeah. So I told them that, and really the biggest thing was when I first started the Boomtown with them was saying, you have to pick up the phone and call within the first five minutes or it's not going to work. So yes. that was the only thing. Is with the Do you have, have any issues getting buy-in on that from the agents? Um, Commit, commitment. Commitment <laughs> to actually pick up the phone and call and actually put them on actual drip plans and actually follow them. I actually track and look at it every single day because it's. I'm really big on accountability because when I was a newer agent, the only reason I was good at it was because I did pick up the phone. So I do track, and George is funny because he says, no, it needs to be under two minutes. I was like, well, sometimes, you know, it needs to be, it has to be five minutes. But I track all of that. I look and actually see if they're putting it in. So with them being newer agents, instead of doing the round robin right now, plus we only have three agents, we're doing day on and then two days off and then day on. That way that one day they're on, they can actually be in front of the computer and pick up their phone and practice doing that. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, and this is one, uh, uh, the next thing I wanted to get into is how leads are rotated. So, Kevin, you want to share kind of what you guys used to do versus what you guys do now in the flagship office? Yeah, definitely. Uh, when we first started off, before we really had very much workforce, it was just a couple agents receiving leads uh, at a time, and we did a true round robin. So we just, you know, divvied it up for per percentages, and then, you know, for example, every third or fourth lead that came in would just go out to that agent, and, and it was up to them to uh, make that phone call. Um, and so, you know, that, that works well, especially in the beginning. I mean, um, it, when you're a brand new team, uh, especially if you're if you're listening to this and just thinking about starting this. Um, there's going to be a grace period in there where 
you know, I and I and I say the same thing to even my new agents when I'm training them. We're probably going to burn 50 or 100 leads per agent just for them to kind of learn the system. So we don't have these you know, like really huge grand expectations right off the bat. But you know, I mean, obviously we want to try to reduce that as much as possible the learning curve. But the whole point is that um, they're going to get these leads, uh, and and really they're just going to try to iron out their dialogues, um, convert them as best as possible, um, and of course call within within the first five minutes. Um, but we've we noticed when we were first new at this the roadblocks that were presented from the true round robin in doing so. Um, so like Sahara, as soon as we got to a good point where we had about five or six agents, it's kind of that sweet spot where we could assign daily rotation, and that's part of what I do. It's it's almost like if you've ever worked a retail job. Um, I literally print out a calendar every year, and I make our what we call a boomtown schedule a month in advance, so that the agents can plan and and know that that day is coming up. Um, we've grown to the size now where um, it used to be they would get it, you know, twice a week for 24-hour rotations. Um, then it was once a week, and now we're at about once or twice a month is when they get their their boomtown days or their lead days or what we call them. Um, and just like Sahara, it, it, it's a really really good way of enabling the agents to time block effectively. Be in the office. Um, know that that's what their expectation is. Where they're sitting down at their computer, they don't have any other appointments booked for that day. Um, so that way, when leads register, they get a text. Their phone blows up. They also will get an email, and that way they can make that call within the first five minutes because we know how important that is in terms of lead conversion. Um, yeah. So speaking that, of like a one day, like that, we know that that gives them about you know anywhere from thirty to maybe forty or fifty leads per day when they have that day on rotation, right? Yeah, that's that's what we're generating right now. Is about fifty leads a day. So okay. it's so it's, how's that compare to you guys over there? I know you have some ideas on giving agents too many leads. Uh, yeah. So, but we only have three agents, so they're getting lead days, you know, two to three times a week. Um, they're getting anywhere between if it's a really slow day, maybe seven leads up to twenty. Okay. So there, are, and then what? How many days on is that? Between eight and ten days on per month. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. So you said what, what was it? 150 is about the sweet spot that you guys have found in terms of what they can actually keep up with. Uh, yeah, keeping it in their database. But those are 150 like really good, qualified. You've already talked to them type of leads. They're ready to buy in under six months. They're your right now people who you've already have a relationship with. So the goal is to have 150 of those people in your database, and you never forget about them. You're never missing out on them. Do you guys have any set requirements for how they keep in touch with that top 150? Uh, yeah, so if it's like under six months or if it's like two months to six months, it's five touches a month. And if it's a month or under, it's you're calling them every two weeks. Okay. And then uh, how are you guys keeping track of that and holding people accountable to do it? I set up a drip plan. So like for our sellers, like our OSA right now, um, he's on Boomtown as well, and he has 400 people that he's going to nurture. So he has a little bit different of a job because instead of having 150 people, his main goal is to get listings for us, so he has a lot more that he's going to nurture. Um, so what he does is I set up a drip plan for him, a 12-month drip plan, where it's going to automatically send out that email, and then all he has to do is going to set up tasks for him. So all he has to do is look at his task every day, send them a text, and then call when that pops up. So it's going to do everything autom automatically for you and reminding you to call. So really all they have to do is look at their task and pick up the phone and call them. So that's the easiest for us to do, and it, can tra it tracks all of that when they actually do it. Okay, cool, very cool. All right, so now that you've got this, like you're out of the weeds in terms of like shifting over from 
from one system to another, and we got some really good tips from you on like how, on how you guys did that and the different approaches that you can take. So what's next? Like you've got you know now that you've tackled this thing, what's the next thing on the horizon for the next project? Uh, well, we did just get a new transaction system, so we're going to start working on that. We've got Brivity, so we were missing communication with sellers on our transactions on our listing and buying side. So we wanted a technology that would keep up with the sellers and for them to be able to tell everything that's going on with the file, um, it track all the email communication between the agents, between the transaction manager and the sellers themselves, or and buyers now too. So now the next project is getting that to go into place. Gotcha. All right. So what were you guys just what on dot loop and email before or something? <laughs> no. So my boss was an REO guy, so he yeah. had Maestro. Okay. And really, it's really old, but we actually used it for our traditional listings as well. We just named them short sell in the system. Okay. It was great though because it was really task oriented, and it, I find that most transaction um, managers or listing coordinated coordinators, anyone like that, they like task more than just knowing what to do. They like to be told step one, step two. So that's why we like that system. But it just didn't have the technology that other systems have nowadays. Gotcha. Kevin, what are we using in the flagship office for the TCs? Uh, right now, I mean, it's, it's kind of like Sahara had, it's, uh, had said, it's just more so knowing what to do. I mean, and they, they check in with me, obviously, as well. I mean, we at least have a weekly check-in, and, and I don't get into, like, the nitty-gritty of all the little details for each file. Um, but um, we have checklists. We have, um, you know, written-out job duties that they're supposed to follow and things like that that are always in front of them to help as, as reminders, too. Um, you know, uh, kind of like what you were saying in terms of, you know, wanting to know step one and step two. We kind of have that pseudo in a way with those checklists, but um, we've come to find that our transaction coordinators really just kind of like to have the freedom to be able to, to you know, run the transactions as, as they see fit. Um, and But with just, you know, some, of course, some uh, basic metrics around of things that they need to do in terms of um, communication with sellers, very high levels communication with sellers, because I think that that uh, is lacking in the industry. Um, so we're always talking about that, not only with the sellers, but actually with the agents, too. Um, we've come to find that a lot of our agents will sometimes maybe feel like they're out of the loop of, in terms of what's happening. So um, we just make sure that almost everything that we do is always in an email form. That way, the uh, communication with the client um, and the agent is um, in a paper trail, so to speak, and we can always CC our agents um, on, on those emails. They just want to know even just some of the small details, and it just kind of depends on the agents. Some of them are control freaks. Some of them say, I don't want to hear anything you know, up until it's time to, to close and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's, that's what we do. Anything, they don't, they're not really allowed to just pop into the office and say, hey, will you reduce the price on this for me or anything like that. We will always, if it's a task that they need to do, we will have that be sent to them in the form of an email instead of doing anything verbally um, because we just come to find that they're so busy and in the middle of different projects and things like that, it can be easy for them to forget if somebody just kind of pops yeah, in. So email and, creates them like a to-do list. Basically, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So, Harold, what do you guys do to, to like, ensure that the – well, let me back up and ask you this. So who's responsible for seller communication from contract to close on your team? Um, I see the agent and the transaction uh, coordinator that we have because what I didn't want was for the transaction manager to completely take it over and then the agent feel like they don't know what's going on and the sellers feel like they haven't even heard from their agent. Um, because at the end of the day, you want the seller to feel like just the whole team itself gave them great customer service. So everyone is responsible for it. Okay. Uh, is it uh, 
is there a requirement or a system for how things are communicated to the sellers? Like, are they doing a weekly call? Is it just as stuff comes up? Yeah, so our sellers, um, our, the agent who's responsible for transaction calls the client every single Wednesday. Um, and then the transaction manager kind of handles the when they need to be called it based on what's going on. Like when the inspection comes up, the transaction manager will call them for that. But the agent is still calling them at least once a week during the whole process. Perfect. Yeah, that's that's really good. I mean, that's the structured, like regular structured communication, no matter what business you're in, is so huge just to make exactly. people feel like it's it's much more of a um, like a tactile feel or fingerprint fingertip feel thing. You know, uh, it's not it's not delivering hard value. It's that feeling of the, it's a warm and fuzzy. Like you're taken care of. We're doing this for you. You know, we have we have our call next week at this X time. So if there's anything that comes up in the meantime, you will hear from us. But otherwise, you know exactly when we're going to talk again. It just there's something about that regular structured communication that makes that whole client feel like they're taken care of, even if you're not physically doing anything differently behind the scenes. Exactly, and that's why we've been doing it, and it works great. The clients they love it. They feel like they know what's going on with the file. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And we, we actually have the same type of structure. It happens to be Wednesdays as well. I don't know if Wednesdays is a good day for that. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so what, what we do is um, our, our coordinator will call one week, and then the next week it will be an email with statistics on what's going on with their listings. So click counts, um, you know, how many showings they've had, so on and so forth, just to kind of cater to both of those styles of personality that are out there. You know, we've got the the touchy-feely people who like the call when that comes through, um, and we can just say, hey, how are things going? Is there anything you need from us? want to let you know that we love you, we're taking care of you, and all that kind of stuff. Some people don't respond to that, though. Some people are just like, I just want to know what you're doing to sell my house. So then the, the, the next week, it will be an email with those statistics so that they can read through those and make sure that, you know, we're showing value in terms of, you know, we're tracking all this stuff behind the scenes, and we're doing everything we can to market your property as well. Here's the proof. Um, and it, it always ends with like a link to their listing on our website so that they can always check it over, review for things, any inconsistencies, and, and all that kind of stuff too, just to ensure that we have everything perfect on the website for them too. Very cool. All right, guys. Well, let's say we get uh, into the nitty-gritty detail of the operations manager role and, and what you guys do on a daily basis and what really is the, the priorities for you. So, Sahara, for you, like, what does your average day or, or your average week look like, and what are the things that are really the most important that you're uh, – working on every single day? Um, so I was kind of all over the place at first, but now that we have a full-time transaction coordinator, now I'm focusing on one project per week to actually get it done rather than multiple projects. And I find that I'm actually getting more done by focusing on one thing than a lot. So I have my one big project a week that uh, George holds me accountable for and make sure that I get it done. And then I have just the daily managing um, as far as checking Boomtown, switching the leads over, making sure that our transaction coordinator is getting all the transactions handled, making sure every all the clients have been touched up with and they know what's going on. So really just kind of managing all the roles and seeing what they're doing and making sure that they're doing their jobs as well as training new agents and just working on my big project. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Kevin, you want to give us a brief overview of how you kind of structure your week? Yeah, definitely. Um, it, I kind of take my week as it as it comes at me, which I really enjoy. It's just kind of kind of my personality, but I do definitely have a, a core few things that I'm doing on a on a more regular basis. Um, a lot of that has to do with managing and overseeing my admin staff. I check in with them every Friday is our um, structured time that we do that. So about a 20 minute uh, check in 
where uh, I have them go through their week with me as well as we kind of talk about life goals and stuff like that, even outside of business. And I really look forward to those meetings. Those are fun. Um, but uh, a lot of I do a lot of onboarding and offboarding of new agents and things like that too. So um, they spend a lot of time with me those first couple of weeks where they're brand new to the team. So I get them all set up on all the kind of the background, you know, core essentials that they'll need, like, uh, you know, getting their Boomtown account going, business cards, uh, so on. I've got a whole checklist of just an onboarding agents, um, things like that, too. I'm also the team treasurer in that, like, I uh, cut all of the commission checks when those come in. So I process those, make sure the agents know exactly how that they're all drawn up and, and that they understand all the numbers. Um, so And we have uh, splits that vary depending on where the lead comes from. So I have a lot of tracking to do to make sure that they're getting the appropriate split when the commission comes in, as well as really any other expenses for the team. You know, all of our pay-per-click and uh, any of our advertising budget and things like that I manage and, and run and, and all that kind of stuff too. Um, part of that being a, a lot of tracking with all of our sales information as well. So um, uh, we have a sale. We track a certain number of things um, so that we're able to come up with really good statistics like, um, you know, uh, how long our, our leads are registered on our website before they buy, how many showings our average listing gets before it sells. Um, really good statistics to be able to give to our clients um, so that they feel comfortable uh, with the transaction and also just showing that we know what we're doing and we're actually taking the time to, to track those types of metrics. Um, and a lot of really good information comes out of that for the agents as well. Um, and then I do a lot of training uh, too. Every Friday we have what we call career trainings. So I'll host things like you know our contracts, just to make sure that, especially for our newer agents, they understand our purchase agreements and our listing agreements very well. Um, and I, I run another training called Boomtown Best Practices, where for the higher level agents, I'll get into things um, like you know uh, types of things that you can look for, like say in using the opportunity wall, um, and then even some of the more basics for our newer agents as well. Um, and then I kind of end off with too a little bit of marketing and all that kind of stuff too, um, the behind the scenes of of advertising and marketing our listings. Um, reverse prospecting with our current database that we have and making sure that everything looks great um, in the public point of view as well. So, Cool. All right. Uh, so, Sarah, is there any, um, speaking of the, like the, the nitty-gritty of your role and stuff, so you're, you're working for two people. So, like, fill me in a little bit on the, the personality dynamics and what, what types of people that you're working for, what are their roles compared, and where, where do their roles stop and yours begin? Uh, yeah, so George Philbeck and Jackie Sosa, so they're they're basically the owners of the team. Uh, Jackie's the listing agent, and George is kind of like kind of like me, like helping think of things we can do to help grow the team and how do we make it happen. So we kind of work doing that. So he's kind of like I guess you could call him like he's the CEO, so he thinks of the things and he's like, how can we make this happen? We work together, get it done. But yeah. he also helps with the listing side as well. So that's what they do, and then Jackie's just focuses on her listings and going on the listing appointments because she's our only listing agent. Okay, gotcha. All right, so that makes sense. You've got somebody that's essentially like the visionary role, this mm -hmm. just thinking around thinking of things to do. Then you guys partner up, you figure out, okay, how do we implement this? And then mostly, I would assume you're responsible for actually going out and executing the things to actually get the things done. Exactly, trying yeah. to get it done, and um, also he. We just went to the career visioning with Seth Campbell as well, and. What my boss got out of it with that, he doesn't need to be, he needs to learn how to let other people do things too, like me help more, be a, more of a manager and try to not always be on every single person as well because he can only live in one place at a time and he can't do everything. Well, yeah, that's what's interesting. Like, hey, so they have, they have a team um, or they've been a team, right? 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, did they have a lot of agents or many any agents at all before you came along and kind of brought in the three people that you have now? Um, no. So they've only they brought this team together. Just I think it was just a year ago, maybe two years ago. I'm not sure. And he was just doing his REOs, and she was a news anchor, and then she became a real estate agent. And then they actually met and became a couple and did the team. And so that's kind of what their background was with that. When I started, they were 98% listing focused. And they had two buyer's agents, uh, one of which who moved away and the other who is still with us. And so then I brought on two more buyer's agents. And he also had an OSA. So since I've joined, we've had two new buyer's agents um, and we've had four new OSAs. Gotcha. So, you're, so, so essentially you came into a situation where you had a little bit of a mix of people that had been there before, not very many, but mm-hmm. people that probably reported directly to him. Exactly. And then you're coming in and now you're theoretically like in the organizational structure, you should be over them and managing them personally and then you just report to him, but he's used exactly. to managing all these people directly. Yeah, so it's still a learning process because I've only been with him for three months so, and I'm still learning a lot too. So I still need a lot of help with how to manage people as well. So yeah, we kind of just work together with the role right now, but yeah. that's how it's just been. Kevin, did you have that challenge? Like, especially, I don't, I don't know who was on board already before you stepped into like an official, like an in-name operations manager. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it, it's, it kind of just slowly happened, I guess. I was the first hire, though. I mean, I should say right. that um, Jeff Cohen, our team leader, he was with his two parents. Um, so it was the Cohen team back then. It was kind of, it was the three of them, a family team. Um, I was the first hire, though, in terms of um, him having the grand vision of wanting to build a, a team. And then when we crossed paths, we kind of discovered that we could pretty mutually benefit from each other, and then that's how our relationship was born. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it kind of started off, when I say it started off slow, I just, all of those pieces that I mentioned that I do before on more of my, my weekly basis, all just kind of started one by one. First, I was the marketing guy, you know, and then I was you know, a trainer, and then I eventually started doing the treasury stuff and so on. It just kind of started to build and grow, build and grow from there. I'd say all in all, that that process took maybe about a year before I was doing all the things that I'm doing now. Um, like the TC staff and stuff like that came along essentially after you were already in some type of position of authority. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. So, so you know, yeah, you didn't have to deal so much with like the weird power, like not power no. struggle, but just the politics of like all of a sudden getting promoted right. into yeah. a position where you're over somebody you used to be on an equal level with. Right. Which, which I'm, I, I'm very, I guess I'm fortunate in that way that I was on the ground level and where I was, I was here before everybody else anyway. So I've never really had that that issue. It's. The, the hierarchical structure is, you know, Jeff as number one, I'm the number two, and then, you know, it kind of goes from there. So Yeah, and I feel like there's a lot of teams around the country that probably struggle with that, and because they're putting Sahara people in position like yours, where they're yeah. bringing you in, you maybe have been an agent before, or maybe you're coming like our last guest, Michael Walters, from the top team in Salt Lake. He was coming from a retail background. Just, I mean, he was yeah. in management, mm-hmm. but, so he, he had tons of experience managing people, zero experience in real estate. And right. so you've got those two types of people that you're putting in management positions, and that, that position tends to rotate out a little bit, either because people go back into the agent side or they just leave real estate and go back into whatever industry they came from or whatever. So right. I think there's some, there's some turnover there. The team leader, that is an eternal frustration for team leaders is the, the turnover beneath them and having to train new people on how to do all this behind-the-scenes stuff. So, uh, so turning back to you, Sahara, is there any, um, what's been some good resources for, for you that, you've, uh, that you can point people to that are in your position uh, that have helped you kind of along this journey? 
Um, really, for me, I think it. I really just kind of learned how to do a lot of things by myself and just jump into it and go for it. Because I had the real estate background, I didn't have the managing people background, so I kind of had to learn that aspect of it. But uh, one thing I recently learned was that don't try to sometimes create new systems. Take the old systems systems and just make them better. So that comes along with, for example, the Red Book. That's how the business was built. So take that book and learn it and use that as your tool. And instead of trying to create a whole new book, just make that one better and grow with how technology is growing in real estate. So that's just one thing I learned fast, which is using old systems and making them better. Interesting. I like that. And then you mentioned uh, before we went on the air that um, you've been delving into the, the KW University, the videos. Yeah, kind of playing around with it. Um, I really have to learn leverage, and instead of you know holding the agent's hands and being able to train them every single day, you just don't have time for that. And I was trying to do that at the start. So what I learned was that there's a lot of great tools and videos on there, and you can just say, hey, go watch this. You'll learn something from it. Um, so for our OSA, he watches a lot of prospecting people doing, um, talking about it, what he can do to build instead of us going and training together. So you can almost use that as like a coach for other agents. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that makes sense. Kevin, what about you? Any, anything you want to point out? Um, I, I think probably one of the most productive books that we've read, well, I guess I'll point out that we do do a book club, which I think is great in terms of resources. Um, so we do that for the whole team. Well, every every two months we have a Wednesday meeting um, reviewing a book that we've all read as a team. And it's not mandatory, but a lot of agents do really participate in it, which is great. But um, speaking of, of KW, it's uh, the one thing we've read which has been really good. But I really, really, really like the five dysfunctions of a team if you're in a team setting. That really just helps put in perspective. It's a really quick, easy read. Doesn't wouldn't take any more than a couple hours. Um, Patrick Lencioni is the author of it and um, it kind of breaks down the roles of how a good cohesive team would work and I, I hate to use the word synergy because it's, you know, it's a little... Uh, <laughs> I just threw it up a little, up a little bit in my mouth. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but it, it does really show how a good cohesive team will work together and um, in fact even uh, what was really interesting about uh, the first time we read it because we're actually reading it a second time because we've got new agents who haven't read it but after the first time that we read it we were a smaller team Literally, pretty much the day that we had um, our review on it, the team decided to let somebody go, which was the first time ever. Usually, that comes from management staff or, or something like that, you know. Um, but it got all of the team uh, so much on the same page that they kind of collectively decided to let the person go. Ironically, who did not read the book. Um, <laughs> and, and try to get away with, with and then had no idea why they were going to ask the door. It awesome. was hilarious because his identical role was like explained in the book, and it just made it so clear. And that's why the team had no issue letting him go. <laughs> he tried to go the Cliff Notes route, and it did that's not right. work. So. so there you go, Sahara. Read five dysfunctions of a team, and you'll immediately pair your team down from <laughs> yes. six to five. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay. Well, cool. We've gone through uh, some really, really cool stuff, and hopefully people will go and check. I mean, obviously the red, the red book. It's, it's, you know, it sounds trite because everybody does point that out. But really, I think it's one of those things where it, because everybody says it, we all have the consciousness that it's out there. I think it tends to stay on the shelf a little bit. Uh, if, if you've been around real estate for four or five years, I mean, I read it back in 07, 
um, I need to crack that thing again, and they need to hurry up and come out with the with the second edition for crying out loud. But right. uh, I mean, it bears repeating that I, going back to that model, it's not like Sahara said. It, that's a great point. Rather than trying to, if, if something's not working for you, rather than trying to rebuild everything to build a whole new wheel, just figure out how to tweak that model for yourself. And in fact, there was a, an agent that I just interviewed on another podcast here a couple weeks ago, and she had that that difficulty. She tried to build a team just following the standard and you know MREA model, and just it did not work with her personality. So she found a way around it to take the, some of the excess leads she was generating. Uh, give them to a specific group of agents that she trusted in exchange for a referral fee and then she coached and held those agents accountable on how to follow up with the leads she was giving them. It's working phenomenally well. So she came up with this hybrid uh, of a single agent team model uh, that works within that structure but gives her another income source and something, a way to capitalize on the excess leads. Uh, so there's always stuff like that. There's always innovations out there if you can just uh, you know keep on tweaking, keep on experimenting. So, all right. So Sahara, fill us in. I think we forgot to cover it at the top of the show exactly where you guys are at, so that if we have referrals for your area, we can send them to you. Uh, we are in Orlando, Florida. Gotcha. All right. So the Dr. Phillips area here. So and it's the Sosa Philbeck team. Uh, the Sosa Philbeck group. Group. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so what's the best way if we want to do want to learn more about you guys or um, or send a referral to you? What's the best way to visit your website and then to email you guys? Uh, yeah. So it's just our website, sosafillback.com, and you can just go to agents and click my name and my email, my phone numbers right there, uh, and just contact me that way. Awesome. Cool, man. All right. And then, uh, so Kevin, we want to talk briefly. Just we've got. Um, uh, for anybody that's hearing this, like around the time when it comes out, we do have uh, a next workshop. By the time you're hearing this, it's probably going to be August 25th. Uh, if we've already passed that, or if you're listening to this replay, you know, either on iTunes or YouTube, uh, check back with EliteRealEstateSystems.com/workshops, and you can see kind of um, all the details on the 12-hour workshop, where you can, you know, sit down with uh, with Kevin. I mean, Kevin, you take you know a couple hours just to take them through. Uh, we'll give us a quick idea of what you take them through. Yeah. Yeah, kind of a lot of the things that I mentioned in terms of what I do on a weekly basis. You know, and, uh, usually the uh, the focus with your time with me comes back to um, tracking and why that's important, um, and especially knowing what your ROI is on particular lead sources. Um, a lot of times, it's it's uh, team leaders who are coming to the workshop, and so they just want to make sure that they're feeling like they're not just wasting their money and on lead sources, and they don't know what it's doing for their business. So we usually will do a lot of focus on that. Um, but I'll also I'll go into basically anything in terms of how I manage my admin staff, how I structure my day, um, and so on and so forth. But yeah, we, we spend a pretty good chunk uh, of time on that. But the 12-hour workshop in itself is pretty incredible. You'd spend a lot of time with our team leader, Jeff Cohn, and he'll go through CLAPS, uh, Culture, Leads, Accountability, Processes, Systems, and Strategies. Um, that's a really good one. And you also spend time with our success manager, Andy Cuny, who is more specific into the role of managing uh, agents and holding them accountable as well. And you'll see our accountability meeting uh, that we have with our full team. So you'll get to uh, meet and see our full team, ask them questions, so you don't have to take our word for it as well. Yeah. Yeah, so all the information on that, on that workshop is on uh, the website. But yeah, we're, we're toying around with the idea of giving team leaders the ability to bring in 
uh, their admin staff, and I'm mm -hmm. sure the podcast that we're doing right now will, will help fill a little bit of that need. But yeah, there have been team leaders that have asked, you know, hey, can I bring my ops manager, like, and just have them sit with Kevin for a day and, and absorb all the systems and stuff like that? Because uh, yeah, there's there's so much. There, I mean, you guys have an incredibly difficult job dealing with the people that you deal with, the high, the hard charging, high D, high I entrepreneurs, and then you guys are coming at it a lot of times from a different personality type and a different perspective. Like, right. you guys actually have to take all the grand ideas they have and actually get stuff done. I mean, that's that is yeah. not an easy role. Right. Uh, and so it's nice for you guys to be able to get together and exchange ideas and mastermind and stuff. So anyway, with that being said, we'll wrap this one up. Thank you guys, uh, everybody, for listening and, and watching. Whether you're watching on uh, on YouTube, just hit subscribe. And then if you're listening to this on iTunes or Stitcher or found you know on our website, make sure to subscribe to the audio version so you get that and you can listen to it anytime on, in the car or on the gym or whatever you uh, like to consume podcasts. And uh, yeah, any more information you'd like on us, just go to EliteRealEstateSystem.com. Kevin and Sahara, thank you so much. Thank Thanks, you. man. Appreciate it.